along to 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. We'll get there in a few moments' time. The title of the message this morning is Living in Victory, Overcoming Fear. I believe we can do with a message like this at this time. Living in Victory, Overcoming Fear. And I feel as though while I'm sharing this today that I am under mandate of the Lord to share this message. Please look in your Bibles at 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. It will appear on the screen, but I encourage you to follow in your Bibles. It says, for God has not, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to have that scripture in the word of God. For many of you, it might be a favorite scripture. And you know times when you have quoted that because you've been under attack of the enemy and you have quoted that and quoted that and you've seen the victory as a result of quoting that. The same verse in the Amplified Bible reads as follows, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity. And then in brackets it says, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit, would you say spirit? A spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. We are facing many uncertainties in the world at this stage. Right now, over the past couple of days, some major happenings have taken place on the world stage. People are interpreting this in all different ways. I think that there's some good things that have happened and perhaps some not so good things. But we are facing many uncertainties on the world stage And do you know that the Bible says that in the last days that men's hearts will fail them on account of fear? This is not talking about the church. This is talking about the world. It says men's hearts will fail them on account of fear. If ever there's a time that the world needed the Almighty God, it is now. If ever there's a time the the world needed our Heavenly Father, it is now. And nations at this time that will turn to God will experience what God does in their midst. Nations that reject God at this time will experience the destruction that comes from those choices. The enemy, he really wants to riddle your heart and your mind with fear. He does. He's an enemy. He's not your buddy. He wants to destroy you. He wants to riddle your heart with fear. But as children of God, we are no longer slaves to fear. I'm grateful for that song that has been doing its rounds around the world. And I would venture to say to you that that is a prophetic song that God released in recent times because he wants his people to realize, no, you're not a slave to fear. You're a child of God. In other words, you're in the place of security. You're in the place of knowing who you are in Christ. You're in a place of victory. You're no longer a slave to fear. Please tell the person next to you, you're not a slave to fear. 
And by the power of the cross and all that Jesus has made available to us, we can live in victory. Four things I'd like to share with you this morning. Number one, the spirit of fear is a foreign object in the life of a believer. Please say that with me. The spirit of fear is a foreign object in the life of a believer. I want to say it very clearly that God has not, has not, has not, has not given you a spirit of fear. It does not come from Him. It's not what He gives you. God will never, ever, 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 ever give you a spirit of fear. It's totally outside of His nature. He would never do such a thing. Please say this after me. God will never give me fear. Now, we need to know that and believe that. I think sometimes people think, well, maybe God will give me fear because then he's going to teach me something and humble me and so on. I want to say, rubbish. God will never give you a spirit of fear. Never, ever. And sometimes in our minds, we've got to get rid of this nonsense that we get into because it's foreign. It doesn't belong in the life of a believer and it shouldn't be in your heart Neither in mine. And you know what my Bible says? My Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. He's the giver of good gifts. He's not the giver of fear. You can give him a hand for that. So, if God has not given us a spirit of fear, then where does it come from? There are two possible sources of fear. The one is our own choices towards negative thinking that can generate fear. So listen, our own choices towards negative uh, thinking can generate fear. And the other source of fear is the enemy himself, the devil. If you have fear that you are wrestling with right now, it only comes from two sources, one of those sources your own thinking and choices towards fear, or the very devil himself. Romans 8 verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Yet again, that confirms that God doesn't give fear. <laughs> fear is a bondage. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. I want to say the spirit of adoption is one of security, one of identity, and one that realizes that fear is out of place and faith is in place. And so we have received a spirit of adoption. Now, the same verse, Romans 8.15 in the Message Translation says this, the resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? <laughs> Can you see that out of that place of security, as a child into the family of God, as part of his family, in security of who we are in Jesus Christ, out of that security, we're not plagued by fear, but we are saying, thank you, God, what's next? Lord, you have a wonderful plan for my life. What's next, Papa? Take me on to the things that you have in store for my life. Tell you a little story for myself. When I was a little chap, six or seven years of age, 
I remember that I began to develop a tremendous fear of the dark. I was really very scared. Little six or seven year old, it didn't help that some of my friends had been telling me scary stories, it didn't help. And it really became a problem in my life. I was very scared of the dark. I'd be scared in my room to hang my bed, uh, hang my um, leg out next to my bed in case something underneath my bed would eat my leg. <laughs> I was petrified to have to go out in the garden and maybe go to the garage and get something for my dad at night. It was just unthinkable. Dad, please, can't you come with me? Dad, please, you know? And so I had a tremendous, tremendous fear. It really became a problem. I thank the Lord that my mom saw the situation and one time she pulled me aside and she prayed for me and dealt with that thing spiritually. At the same time, the Lord, interestingly, gave me a lovely little song. I will trust and not be afraid. I will trust, I will trust the Lord. Praise the God that's up in heaven as a little chokarki. I had this song that I would sing. And by God's grace, I got over that. And ever since in the rest of my life, I've never had a problem with the fear of the dark. There might be people sitting here today and you are 45 years old or 22 years old or 60 years old and you have a fear of the dark. I want to tell you, God can set you free even in this service from a fear of the dark. I remember Mandri and I a few years ago went to visit a family in our church and husband and wife, we were having a fellowship evening there. And after a while, it became apparent that there was something of a stronghold of fear in this family. And we were having a nice chat together and the wife eventually spoke up and she said, John Mundry, I think you really need to pray for us because uh, I know it's good for a husband to want to look after his family, but he says, it's just obsessive in our family. And he says, she said that, and the husband was there, she said, you know, there's, there's the gun under the pillow and I think there's another gun in the safe and there's a bulletproof vest and there's the baseball bat and there's the night vision goggles and who knows, trip wires and booby traps. I don't know, I didn't go into too much detail. But really, there was a lot of focus on him protecting his family and actually it stemmed from a stronghold of fear. And we were able to join hands and pray for them. And I believe God did something in that situation. There's nothing wrong with taking precautions. But sometimes when you go overboard, you realize there's a stronghold of fear. It says in John, uh, 1 John 4 verse 18, it says, fear involves torment. Wouldn't you agree with that? Fear involves torment. I'll tell you what, fear is a ghastly thing. Fear is such a terrible thing. Don't you just hate it when you're carrying along happily in your day and the enemy tries to come and bring fear in your heart? Don't you just hate it? Well, you know what? We have to learn to stand against it. Some people are not standing against it. And they just think, well, oh, well, whatever will be, will be. And this is just my day to be overrun with fear. No, rubbish. You have to stand against it. You have to stand up. Stand up with the armor of God on you. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of readiness, and you stand against the purposes of the enemy. Stand up, child of God. Stand up, child of God. Why don't you say to, that, to the person next to you, stand up, child of God. Stand up against the spirit of fear. We've got to fight it. What are some of the most common fears that we face in the world today? If you look at most common fears, these are them. Fear of public speaking, 
fear of losing money and assets, fear of drowning, fear of people. Wow, that's a huge one, fear of people. Fear of heights, fear of illness, fear of death, fear of job loss, fear of broken relationships, fear of natural disasters, fear of disease, and fear of failure. Now, there's a little statement that I'd like to show you in a moment. It's by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And I think this is maybe one of the most profound statements that I'll share with you today. Look at what it says on the board. It says, when a man is uh, is defeated by life, it is always due ultimately to the fact that he is suffering from a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is the real and ultimate cause of all failure in life and of all unhappiness. When I read that, I thought, that's powerful, that statement. And that's why we have to realize we cannot tolerate it. That's why it's so crucial to take a stand against fear, have a zero tolerance approach, not just say, well, I'll allow 10%, 20% of fear. No, I just don't allow it in my life. Devil, I don't have time for your lives. Your lies are rejected in Jesus' name. There's a well-known acronym for fear. False evidence appearing real. Sometimes you know you've gone into a situation and before the time, you've gotten completely out of your mind with fear and anxiety and you've prayed about it and you've gone into the meeting and then it's ended up going so well and and you think, well, what happened to all those fears? I I thought I would trip as I walked in the room to give that presentation or I thought I'd pass out or, or I thought I'd lose my voice and you think, what nonsense, false evidence appearing real. It's false because lies And fear go hand in hand. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, For the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous, that's you, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Can you say amen? Amen. Point number two, instead of fear, we have a spirit of power. Now, I believe that we need to understand this verse, our key verse today, clearly And the correct understanding of this verse is to realize that instead of fear, we have a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. Maybe you've never looked at the scripture that way. You just always say God's given us power, love, and a sound mind. I want to tell you it's a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. And I believe that that's correctly interpreted in Scripture. That's correct hermeneutics or biblical interpretation. The Amplified Bible lays it out accordingly, and we see this in 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, just this one little phrase, but he has given us a spirit of power. So this is not just power, but it's a spirit of power. I'm encouraged to hear that. This is a spirit of power to defeat the enemy. Why the need for a spirit of power? And I believe it's because God's power enables us to stand strong. God's power enables us to reject the enemy. And the scripture says in Acts 1 verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, what will you receive? 
When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, there was a time in your life where I believe after salvation, you received the fullness of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you received power at the same time. And that's why you don't have fear, but you have a spirit of power. That is God enabling your spirit to be victorious. Please say this after me. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of power. He comes upon me to empower me. Now I want to say this to you. I believe that God gave me a spirit of power to start Choose Life Church. In my own natural frame, there was lots of fears and worries and, and things running around inside of me. And I was thinking, oh, God, and this is a big thing and all of that. And, and I believe that in my own natural strength, I perhaps would never have done it. But I praise God for a spirit of power that brought God's courage into my heart. And, and God said, be strong and very courageous and I'll be with you wherever you go. And God said, I'll take a branch from the cedar. I will crop it off and I will plant it. And with the word of God in my spirit and the spirit of power, I believe God brought about what he intended to bring about. And I give him all the honor and praise because he empowered me and he will do the same for you. Now, let me say this. Listen carefully. Fear stops people's dreams. Fear stops people's dreams. And I want to speak faith into hearts today because I believe that there are some people with dreams. And God is wanting you to step out in it and you're looking at your insecurities. And I want to say stop looking at yourself and start looking at the spirit of power operating in you. Fear stops people's dreams, but don't let it stand up in a spirit of power. Power for what? Power to encounter opposition. Power to encounter dangers. Power to stand strong under fire. Power to overcome persecution. Power to perform miracles. Power to do what is right even when it's tough. Power to confuse the enemy. Power to resist temptation. And power to persevere through difficult times. You might be here today and you say, I'm going through such a hard time. You don't even know what I'm going through. Well, I want to tell you, there's no fear as you face that. I want to say there's a spirit of power to face what is in front of you. God is faithful to you. Listen to how beautifully the JFB commentary puts it. It says here, the spirit of power, it's on your screen, is the spirit of man indwelt by the spirit of God imparting power. This power casts out fear from ourselves and motivates us to cast it out of others. When I read something like this, I think, God, you've got this all covered. We just need to depend on you and rely on you and thank you that in our spirit, it becomes a spirit of power as God is empowering our spirit to do what we need to do. Can you say amen? Number three, instead of fear, we have a spirit of love. Take note, a spirit of love. Why the need for a spirit of love? Because that spirit of love drives out fear. Sometimes when we're facing a fear problem, we actually need more of the love of Father. And we don't think that. We just think in terms of warfare, warfare. But sometimes we just need to open our arms and say, God, would you fill me with your love afresh? 
Because that's what it does, the love of God. And in 1 John 4, verse 18, it's on your screen, it says, there is no fear in love. Look at that phrase. There is no fear in love, but here it says, but perfect love casts out fear. It automatically does this. The love of God coming into your heart automatically casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Basically, what that's saying is, if you're struggling with fear in your life, there's still more of the love of Father you need to receive. And you will experience victory as a result of that. So, perfect love drives out fear. But how do we practically experience more of the love of God? Romans 5 verse 5 helps us in terms of this, and it says, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Would you say the Holy Spirit who was given to us? More and more in my Christian walk, I'm discovering that the Holy Spirit is the key to everything of the fullness of God. And yet here again, we see that the Holy Spirit sheds abroad the love of God in our hearts. That's what the King James Version says. I love that phrase. The Holy Spirit sheds abroad the love of God in our hearts. So, perfect love drives out fear. And we receive that love from Father God by means of the Holy Spirit. And this just makes me realize how important the Holy Spirit is in your life. If you remember nothing else out of this message today, remember how important the Holy Spirit is. He takes the things of God and reveals them to you. He brings that spirit of power into you. He brings the love of the Father into you. And that's why it's so important that we love the Spirit of God, that we become close companions with Him. That's important. It's so important that we worship God together here. It's important that we have this pursuit of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you walk out of the service and you feel so much better than when you walked in. And I want to tell you, maybe you can't put your finger on it, but one of the reasons is it's just because of the love of the Father has made everything right. <laughs> Imagine a little girl, six years old, and uh, she's at home in her bed sleeping at night, and the parents are upstairs in the bedroom, and here a massive electrical storm breaks out, and there's thunder, and there's lightning, and it sounds like the lightning is busy hitting the bird bath outside, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Now, the little girl gets very, very scared. This little five or six-year-old girl, what does she do? She runs up to the parents. And the parents, if they behave themselves like they should, they say, come jump into bed. We'll make it all better. And you know what? It's just the love of the parents that drives out fear. And that's what God does with you and I. I want to encourage you. Lord, we even just say right now, Lord, we receive your love afresh. Thank you that your love drives out fear. And let me tell you, this is God's heart for you today. The scripture, Jeremiah 31, verse 3, it says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. I want to say to you today, sir, ma'am, he really loves you. He's talking to you just through me. I want to say that he really loves you. Your Abba Father really loves you.
Would you allow that love just to banish and expel those fears? How many of you say amen? amen. Just the last point, which what I won't take long on, but it's important. Instead of fear, we have a spirit of a sound mind. Please say that with me. Instead of fear, we have a spirit of a sound mind. Now, why the need for a spirit of a sound mind? Because the spirit of a sound mind does not make room for fear because you're operating out of sound thinking. The spirit of a sound mind says, I will not entertain this. Some of us are just doing way too much entertainment <laughs> of fear. But the spirit of a sound mind says, no, 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 that's wrong. I'm not going to allow it. I haven't got time to waste my life thinking about the devil's lies, thinking about the devil's fears. Get behind me, Satan. I don't have time for your lies. I have time for the truth of the word of God, which says I have a spirit of a sound mind. Listen to the statement that's appearing on your screen. No person is fearless all the time, but those who cultivate the spirit of a sound mind experience stable and high levels of victory. I like that. It was Billy Graham who made the following statement. By the way, Billy Graham is 98 years of age. What a general in the kingdom of God. And Billy Graham said the following, you can't stop the birds of the air from flying over your head, but you can stop them from nesting in your hair. I make it easier, you know, in terms of my, my, my own hair and so on. <laughs> Sorry, man, just a problem. Please don't laugh at me, I'm very sensitive. No, 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 stop. Stop, I'm very sensitive, okay? Just kidding. But I want to tell you, you need to say no to the nests. You need to say no to the lies. Yeah, birds fly over, but you're not, not going to come nest in my hair. And in terms of the world that we live in with all the stresses and pressures, sometimes you ask yourself, is it possible in this world, with all the immense pressure in society, to live with a sound mind? And I want to say, through Jesus Christ, we are able. You are able to live with the spirit of a sound mind. The scripture says in Isaiah 26, verse three to four, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace. I love this promise. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I wanna tell you when it comes to fear, it's a trust issue. Because he trusts in you, verse four, trust in the Lord because the Lord your rock, uh, sorry, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And we need to say, you can't change my mind, devil. My mind is stayed on Jesus because the devil wants to get your focus off of Jesus. He wants to take your focus off, take your mind off, and you say, no, 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 you can't change my mind, devil. My mind is stayed on the Lord. And because my mind is stayed on the Lord, I am assured, prophetically, promise-wise, that I can live in peace and have that sound mind. You know, the prodigal son was not operating with a sound mind. He began to do all sorts of crazy things and go blow the money and eventually here he was 
faced with looking after the pigs of somebody else, and eventually he was starting to look at these pigs and, and look at their food, and their food was starting to turn into happy meals as he was just looking at this, and he thought to myself, and he came to this understanding, he came to his senses, and he said, even my father's servants are better off. He was operating outside of a sound mind, and then suddenly he came to a sound mind, and he said, I need to get back in line with God. I need to go seek my father. And there may be instances like that where you are not operating with a sound mind. I wanna tell you, bring yourself in line with the word of God. Bring yourself in line with the father's purpose for your life. Walk and operate in that sound mind. The last verse is Proverbs 2 verse seven. It says, he stores up sound wisdom. That almost sounds to me like a sound mind. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright and he is a shield to those who walk uprightly. And so I want to say to you that you can operate with a sound mind. You might say, but what about my grandmother who had mental health issues? I want to tell you, you can operate in the spirit of a sound mind. Praise God for that. In conclusion, I want to say that we are so thankful to the Lord today that he has not given fear. But he has given a spirit of power. He is given a spirit of love, and he is given the spirit of a sound mind. Can we thank the Lord for all that he has done for us? Thank you, Lord. Would you stand as we pray? Father, we thank you for your word to us today. Your word is alive, it's powerful, it's clear. And Lord, I pray for your people here today where there may be a number of people under the sound of my voice that have had this spirit of fear tormenting them. In the name of Jesus and in the authority of the cross of Calvary, we declare we take up the sword of the spirit. We firstly, we bind that spirit of fear and we cut it off from the people of God. Right now in the spiritual realm, we cut off that spirit of fear. And we say, because we are submitted to God, we say, Satan, we resist you. Be gone with all your fear and with all your nonsense and with all your lies. But we thank you, Lord, today that we recognize, according to Scripture, the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. I bless your people now with peace. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you. And may he give you peace in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Let's give the Lord one more.